And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes, the show's serious. That's totally a thing. Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? Hello, my minions, and welcome again to the Very Serious Writing Show, a show that is occasionally serious and occasionally about writing, mostly so that we don't get sued for false advertising. I am your host, Daniel Thompson. That much is true. I hope you didn't come for seriousness or stuff about writing today, because we have my man Megan today. And while he's occasionally serious and occasionally writes... I guess this episode will also occasionally be serious and occasionally have to do with writing, but for the most part, we're just going to chat it up and y'all are going to listen because that's what you do. That's what you do because you are listeners and that's basically your job. I produce the podcast and you listen to it. That's how this relationship works. I'm glad that we've had this talk because I feel like some of you have been slacking. So I'm glad that we've established this. Okay. Cool. It's good that we've had this talk. So, um... <laughs> I really want to go see Star Trek. That's a random fact. You didn't need to know that, but now you do. And also, I know how to shuffle. Anyway, uh, episode. Here we go. So let me You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. Hi, Meg. How you doing? I am, well, I'm good. I guess Florida sucks. Florida like, hate bullshit. <laughs> it seems to be becoming that way. You guys, you, every other day I hear about alligators and snakes and Nile crocodiles. It's like <laughs> all of nature's forces. And now we're getting, like, all these new animals, like, things that don't have predators. So they're just, like, sitting in our swamps ready to pounce <laughs> on anything, and nothing can defy them. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, Well, like, um, what was that thing? Someone, uh, some person released, like, an anaconda. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they caught it. But for a while, it was running around, like, trying to get gators and things. Why would they do that? Why? No, they were just lazy. <laughs> just like, well, I, I'm done with my anaconda. Guess we're just gonna let that go. Maybe it got to the point where it got so big they were having to like feed a cow and stuff, and they're just like, this is no longer financial, financially <laughs> feasible to <laughs> <Super> start. <laughs> but like, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know why that's the solution. But I tell you what, here in Oklahoma, we have a similar problem because for a while. Okay, I'm not even making this up. For a while, we had a lot of farmers raise emus. Are you familiar with emus? 
Wait, wait, you had emus? We had emus. Not me personally, but like farmers oh, in okay. Oklahoma. Like, they, they had emu farms. It was a very good thing to do financially. There's a lot of money in emu farming. And then, like, the emu boom went bust, and they just released their emus out into the wilds of Oklahoma. <laughs> so we had these hateful birds just everywhere. <laughs> Like what would what what did they do? Did they just run around and eat all your crops or what? They went around the ate crops, basically. Yeah, that's what they did, and just like intimidate people because I mean they're essentially like ostriches from hell. So are <laughs> <laughs> they a lot smaller? They're really not. They're they're maybe a foot shorter than an ostrich. Okay. So I understand, but that's that's not as big a problem as like the number of snakes and stuff y'all are getting hit with, and it's really. It's really horrible. Oh, well, like, the snakes aren't really that much of a problem, though, because we don't actually have that many venomous snakes in Florida. Oh, okay. That's good. Like, I think, well, like, personally, the most dangerous one I ran into was, like, one water moccasin, but it was just a baby. Hmm. And for the most, I'm pretty sure we don't, we only have, like, less than a dozen of those. Okay, so it's the crocs and just the pets that people keep releasing. Yeah, basically. Like, sometimes the pets are worse. Just because, like, the bears are scared of you. <laughs> All the dogs in my neighborhood are, like, really either overly friendly or, like, they think everyone has food. So they <laughs> always come up and my dogs can get along with them, so they always end up fighting. Mm. We, we don't have... Yeah, no, we just apparently have emus out here. I don't know. We don't have dogs. You turn it into a sport. Go hunt <laughs> emus. That would be, that'd be a really good thing. I just sent you the two pictures of the emus on Skype. Like, observe. Observe the demon ostrich. They even have, like, demon-looking eyes. They do. Like, I was in like, the... Like, those are the kind of eyes that, like, a bird's trying to tell you it's getting ready to murder you in your sleep. I was... I was... Uh, we were in, like, this drive through zoo type of thing. And they just... They just let them come up to your car. And they have the, the soulless, hateful eyes. This evil gaze. And you can't see it. Like, that one... Really bad. That one has its mouth closed. Like, normally they have their mouths hanging open just a little bit. It's very deranged. It's just like, I don't know. It's just really creepy. <laughs> Do they ever, like, foam at the mouth? Because I can imagine, like, one of those things coming at you would be freaky. That would be terrifying. That would be, that would be horrible. I've never seen one with foam in their mouth. I would hope not. <sighs> Do birds get rabies? I'm assuming they get rabies. I don't I don't think... Or is that just like a purely mammal thing? I don't think... I've never heard of birds getting rabies. <laughs> I, wonder, they get, I wonder... They get salmonella. Yeah, they get like... You always hear like bird flu. You yeah, there's bird flu. That's a problem. Bird rabies. <laughs> bird rabies. <laughs> you see all these pigeons... I'm really curious about that. <laughs> see all these pigeons it. foaming at the mouth and the pigeons swoop down and start <laughs> biting you. <laughs> With their pigeon foam rabies. No, but now, like, sometimes I think it would be more terrifying to get attacked by a bunch of birds rather than a bear. Because, like, with the bear, it's just one giant animal. But with, like, if birds, you're completely outnumbered. <laughs> That's true, but, like... Like, where are you going to run? <laughs> a bear, like, you probably can't outrun a bear. No. But, like, in your head, you think you can. With a bird, you kind of already give yourself up to the fact that no matter where you go, you're not getting away. Well, I mean, you can find water. You can jump in the water, and the birds... Have Maybe but what if they're like part penguin? That, then you're dead. I would rather, yeah, it'd probably be, at least be quicker if I were mobbed by a bear than by like a tribe That's of true. penguins. 
like if it was a bear, you could at least like hope like one clean swipe would just end you right there. Even still, after seeing the Revenant, I don't, I don't want, I don't <laughs> want to come up against a bear. Have you seen that movie? Oh my god! I gosh. have not. It's... I heard, I heard there was a lot of uh, gross, nasty, <laughs> blood spewing parts. Very uncomfortable, the entire way through. Like, I mean, it sounds like my kind of thing. Do you, do you like, like really intense survival movies? Usually, it, like it depends on what I ate that day. Okay. Well, I mean, like the film starts out, uh, the, the action sequences are great. There's lots of good like action, but then like he gets mauled by a bear, then he grunts a lot and drags himself. Does and... he talk to the bear in grunts? No, he screams when the bear is there, but the bear gets his throat. So like, ah. then he has trouble talking the rest of the movie. So Leo basically basically won an Oscar for crawling around and grunting and wheezing. Basically. <laughs> well, nothing else was working. So yeah, <laughs> I, guess. Something. I guess. <laughs> like doing sophisticated roles apparently wasn't working out for him. So, you know, why not? I, like, I want to look back through film history and just look at all the people who had like really – breakthrough performances and then like see what they actually won awards for and if it wasn't for those breakthrough performances or just like mainstream stuff where they just kind of looked into the distance and stayed silent the entire movie yeah it's like why why you okay whatever it's not yeah i don't know will smith should have won the oscar concussion wasn't like a great movie but he had like he did the voice so well he had such a cool voice. You could not tell it was Will Smith. He couldn't even dance properly. <laughs> like they had a dancing scene, and they and Will Smith was like, "I am uncomfortable dancing," and like, "We know it's you." <laughs> they taught a black man how to not dance. Now that's pretty amazing. And that, and just just being Will Smith. I mean, like, wow. I mean, this is a guy who like did rap. He was in hip hop. He did a fresh French ballet. Yeah, no, you're not fooling anyone, Will. <laughs> We know you can dance. I'm pretty impressed by that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cool stuff. Like the awkward stick figure movement. Mm-hmm. Can you dance? I mean, what's your definition of dancing? It's very broad, very open. <laughs> probably, yes. <laughs> I can dance. Like... <laughs> no, no one wants to see it, but it happens sometimes. I mean, if you're dancing for the benefit of yourself, then yeah, who cares? Yeah, I, I have the approximate dancing skill of a drunk redneck, <laughs> and I know I've, if I I get drunk enough. I know I can dance. That that is that is the mentality of every person at every wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> like, I do wedding videos, and, like, I have to stay through the reception. And there comes a time when it's just like, guys, I can't get another shot of a drunk redneck dancing. It's not going to be good for anyone if I stay here. But then I leave, and, like, fights break out, and they're like, oh, you missed the fight. You should have filmed the hockey game. Yeah. I can't win. I don't mind filming drunk people, don't get me wrong, but like, when they want to hold my camera, that's a problem. They start, drunk people are innately fascinated with camera equipment. <laughs> well, I'm sure like when you're drunk, you're just like, oh, what is this strange machine? <laughs> I know I've seen one of these before, but like, what's it called? I want to hold it. I want to lick it. 
<laughs> is there alcohol inside? <laughs> well, like, you know, have you seen those mugs where it's like you twist a... It looks like a camera lens, but you twist the top and it's actually a drink. I have one, yeah. You have one of those coffee things? All my coffee. I need one of those for beer. That'd be good. But then I could be like, I am a creative individual, but really I'm just drunk. And when I get drunk, I write. And mm -hmm. that's what comes out. <laughs> it's the alcohol talking. Is drunk writing, is that, does that produce good things? I mean, like, I've, I actually researched this a little bit. And my conclusion was, it's on a case-to-case -case basis. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume that I'm one of the cases it works out for. Okay. And, you know, I'll see where I go from there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just... However you can get the page count. <laughs> However you guys... I'm sure, like, if I wait long enough for a deadline to come by, I'll get desperate enough to, like, put all my theories to practice. Mm-hmm. And then everyone will love the result, because... Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming that's <laughs> what's going to happen. That's the problem with self-publishing. There's no actual deadline. <laughs> a self-enforced deadline does not work so well. I find. It doesn't work for me anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'm just especially lazy. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like the entire human race, though. Probably. Like, if you tell someone you can do this in any amount of time that you want to do, they'll just say, okay, I'll do it later. Never. <laughs> Never. Never, ever. It will not happen. If you don't have any stakes, I just don't think people will do anything. Yeah. There's probably some kind of scientific... No, it's like that scientific law, like, objects that stay at rest is just gonna stay at rest. <laughs> it's basically that. But, like, objects that stay in motion are supposed to stay in motion, and that doesn't work for me either. <laughs> Eventually. I think objects that stay in motion, like, people that stay in motion, are constantly facing friction, so they're just gonna stop, eventually. People who Unless someone it. keeps on kicking them from behind and keep yeah. telling them to move forward. Yeah, that's good. Which... We need people to kick us behind, but I'm not going to actually ask people to kick me from behind. Well, like, if you, if you know someone has a really soft foot, you can you can ask them. Be like, you, you kick me in the behind. Yeah, Keep me hit me with a pillow and let me fall asleep. Yes. Then I still get to do nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right excellent. So, like, how is, how is the how is the, the ebook release going? How's it coming? It went well. Is um, it ebook or did, is it physical publishing? It's I've seen, only seen it in physical. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was only physical. I, hey, nice. I didn't want to do uh, Kindle just because I want. I had this like naive thinking of I want to keep it in its pure art form. Mm-hmm. It's very important yeah. to keep it in in the art. People like print things. Books smell nice. They do smell nice. Kindle they feel books nice. Nice. You can sleep with them. Kindle books don't smell nice. They don't yeah. smell at all. And if you try to, like, sleep on one, you're probably going to burn your face off eventually. Yeah, and no one wants their face to be burnt off. So, you're doing them a favor. Exactly. I, I'm promoting healthy living for the environment. Healthy living? Well, you... Not for the environment. Trees died. But... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> trees die, people... I don't know, you get some kind of entertainment out of the trees dying. <laughs> it's like, come, let us build a world out of tree flesh. <laughs> oh man I like the cover art it was really pretty yeah the cover art was nice I asked my sister to do that one your sister did that? she's talented man 
I uh I basically had like sketches for audio illustrations, and then I asked my sister, "Hey, you're an art student. You want to not make money and help me out with this book? <laughs> Let's go for it." Yeah, no, poor artists. They don't get paid. They just don't. It's all um, it's all exposure. You Ex- want exposure, exposure for your work. Exposure for your work. Yeah. Now I did tell her I was gonna pay her, which I still have to do. Mm-hmm. But I haven't gotten paid from the books yet, so I'll, I'll wait <laughs> till I'm paid and then I can pay it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not what you're supposed to do when you're paying artists, but no. it's my sister, so. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. Anything, really. Yeah. So you had, you say you had Justin do, like, interior work? There's, are there, like, illustrations on the inside, you say? Yeah. Okay. There's, uh... Now I forgot how many there were. <laughs> I think there's six illustrations. Nice. Like I haven't read it yet. <laughs> 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 I've heard I've seen all the lovely cat gifts and like and like read Jake's beautiful review of it. So like I think Jake's review was a lot prettier than the rest of my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what just what Jake needs to do with his life is just write reviews <laughs> for other people's exactly. sake. Like, and cover quotes. Just think, you could have given it to Jake beforehand. You could have had a cover quote from Jake. I should have done that. that See, was... I wasn't really thinking about editing when I released this book. I was like, I'm going to release a book and not market it whatsoever. Except with cat pictures. <laughs> which, I mean, did it work? I mean, it actually worked. Which, I I was hoping it would work. I didn't expect it to work, but it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have cat in books, so... It's a nice combination. It is. And I've never seen anyone do it before. It just makes sense. Now, I'll just do that with everything I market. Just put a cat You want a product? It? I'll put cat and shoes. Buy a shoe. <laughs> because this cat is standing next to it. It's... Yeah, because like, you have a cat in the picture. Everyone wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. That's what um the politicians should do. You want to vote for me? Put a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who votes for me gets a free kitten. I'm just see. I'm just imagining an image of Donald Trump and the grumpy cat. And see, now that would work because <laughs> <laughs> for reasons that don't have to be mentioned, they're just that obvious. <laughs> I'm imagining cats with the toupee, and it's just it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful image. And then, like Bernie Sanders would obviously deny a cat because he's like hip, he's cool, he's got rainbows flying out from his behind. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Bernie. He's flown away. Poor Bernie has flown. I'm going to miss Bernie in the next year and two years from now and three years from now and probably four years from now. Well, you know, I'm just sad that Donald Trump hasn't chosen... um... Oh, I just lost his name. (gasps) Oh! Gary, Gary Busey as his running mate. <laughs> I was really hoping that Gary Busey would be Donald Trump's running mate. But it, um, it doesn't look like it's happening. I'm really disappointed. Yeah, I'm not sure how I would feel about that one. <laughs> I think it would be just, just the cherry on top <laughs> in terms of the ridiculous factor. I think it would just, it would get me there. What did it get you there? <laughs> Gary Busey it, just, would just... <laughs> Would it really stir you emotionally enough to vote for Donald Trump? 
It would get. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but okay. <laughs> it would get. It'd, it'd get me pretty close. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm glad, like we know now, what moves voters like Daniel. Yeah, Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey's the type, <laughs> type of thing that moves me as a voter. So, like, is it just is it just poetry, or is it poetry and short stories? Uh, it's just poetry for this one. That's that's really cool. I like. I don't see people releasing poetry in anthologies anymore. I know, which is really disappointing to me. Well, obviously, it's disappointing me because <laughs> like, I have a lot of poetry anthologies, but they're all from what. 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you're 50. We'll go yeah. with that. <laughs> no, but it's like, you never really see any... I don't know. It's hard to find, like, really good poetry anthology. Yeah, mostly you have to go back and hit the classics. Did you write right. all the poetry for the anthology, or is this poetry that you've written, and you're like, you know what, this all needs to go together? Oh, it was from, like... Eight years. Eight years. So, like, knowing me, I probably wasn't planning this month for eight years. <laughs> but, yeah, I, they were, like, from poetry over a span of, like, eight years, and I just kind of picked out the ones that I thought would go along with the theme of this book. No, don't say that. Say that this has been your eight-year life work. <laughs> this is your eight-year masterpiece. Well, I don't want this to be my eight-year <laughs> life work. <laughs> I would be so ashamed. <laughs> Honestly, if I wanted to be known for something I've been working on for eight years, it would be like a tower made out of macaroni or something, but not not this. <laughs> a tower made out of macaroni—that'd be worth saying that you worked on for eight years. That's that's I mean, worthy. Like, imagine how much macaroni you could save up over the span of eight years. You know, you could budget a lot of macaroni. Macaroni ain't that bad. You know, you can. Like, how high is your macaroni tower that you've been making for eight years? Hypothetically speaking, it's Hypothetically. probably... <laughs> well, let's see. No, I'm not going to do the math now. I'm just going to assume it's about as tall as the actual tower in Paris. Okay. You see, I feel like this would be a good episode title. Like, eight-year eight hypothetical macaroni tower. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... Exactly. It's much more interesting. And then just put the word cat at the end of it. Cat. <laughs> no, the, the, the picture will be a cat. <laughs> yeah, it'll be... Right. It'll be beautiful. It'll be perfect. Perfect. Yeah, you have your cat in this, uh, the bread thing. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. have a name for that? Or is it just cat and, you know, bread thing? <laughs> it's like we went through a phase where we were going to name the cat and... Like, I'm not sure it ever happened. I had so you didn't ever come up with, like, an official name? Like, my girlfriend came and gave me a list of names that I should name the cat, and they were, like, all cat puns. And I, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was too far. So, no. You can get behind Gary Bougie, but you can't get behind a cat pun. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't, Meg. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of cats, like, I've seen you post on Facebook a couple times that you're still working away on uh, the witch's cat. I am, well, okay. I took three weeks to basically write two drafts of the book, and then I submitted it to a contest, and then I just stopped looking at it. Okay. So I'm waiting on the results of the contest, basically, for that. Which contest? It's, um, it was... Uh, Writer's Digest partnering with, I think it was We Need Young Voices, maybe? Okay. Or We Need Diverse Voices. 
Okay. And it was uh, it was like a contest for um, people who associate as non-white mm, and yes. to write a book for a children uh, audience or something. Nice. So you're able to slide right in and, and make that happen. That's cool. Yeah, it was probably one of the dumber life decisions I made because I got no sleep and I ate nothing at all. <laughs> Three but weeks for done. two drafts? I mean, that's that's a little extreme. Just a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't make good writing decisions <laughs> in my life. I never, I always, like, I'll get down and I have, like, a writing schedule. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to actually finishing drafts, I always kind of end up doing that. Yeah. Like, I think the first time I wrote The Wizard Cat for the actual Oyen contest, I wrote it in about a month and a half. So that was another, like, portrayal <laughs> of my stupidity. <laughs> No, I mean, hey, if it works, it works. I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. There's a way that leaves you, like, in a coma. In a way that doesn't, well, maybe. I, I think if it leaves you in a coma, or it has the potential to kill you, then it's probably the wrong way to do it. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> unless, I guess, unless you get it done. Yeah. But even then, the you argue- want to be known in your grave as the guy who killed himself by writing a book. That book would sell. I mean... But it wouldn't be worth it to it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like sort of... Wouldn't be worth it, but like, it'd be like the Confederacy of Dunces guy. Yeah, I guess. You have your reputation intact, at least. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have time to, like, succumb to, like, drugs and alcohol. <laughs> you just... <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Can you imagine that as a pitch line, though? It's like a writer's like, this is my book. This is my drugs. This is my alcohol. <laughs> I have books. This will kill me. It's a much harder addiction. It's my hallucinations that I place on tree flesh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the other thing. You wouldn't be very popular with the tree community. No, like... <laughs> All the ash and the oaks and the birches, they'd be like, nah, screw that guy. We're glad he's dead. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to be buried underneath a tree. Because, like, who knows what unspeakable thing a tree would do to you when you're underneath it in the grave. Right. Like, you don't... We only see what's above the ground. Who knows what you're doing underneath all that dirt? Who knows? It's an entire network of roots under there. (laughs) They're they're networking. (laughs) It's just like the tree crime syndicate. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather once said, don't let them bury me under a tree or some little dog will come pee on me. And I think that I think that rings true. <laughs> uh, that's pretty profound. I think so. <laughs> My grandpa is all full of wisdom. What I love grandparents. They're like really. They're really um. Well, there's some ta- some of their sayings are a little on the nose. There, <laughs> a little bit on the nose, but like. Well, for the most part, they know what they're talking about. They're, I mean, they they're lived a lot real. longer than us. They're super real. <laughs> they, there comes a time when you just, you just don't give a carp, and like they reach that <laughs> point, and then they say good things. So yeah, old people in general, I just have a, an appreciation for. Yes, I really love like. Just reach that period in your life where you just kind of don't care what anyone thinks of you anymore. Like, imagine living life like that as a young person. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking to someone who dresses up as Willy Wonka and goes to social events, so... Yeah, like, somehow I don't think this problem applies to you. <laughs> that really doesn't. I don't have a problem with that. Like, it's, it's my way of weeding out the people I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they care, if they care about that, then, like... You're, you're probably not the person that I want to hang out with anyway, so... They have allergies to your enthusiasm. They have allergies to my enthusiasm. And enthusiasm allergies just can't be... can't be done. I have a cat allergy, so I understand. It's... Oh, you do have a cat allergy. I do! It's really kind yeah, of sad. sad. It is sad. Because, like, I... I like dogs, kinda? But, like, dogs are too hyper for me. I need to be the most hyper person in the room. <laughs> so, like... You can't have competition. I can't have that type of competition. Cats are really chill. So... I feel like I'd get along with cats pretty well. But yeah, no. They make my eyes swell up. And I, I can't breathe and I die. It's really funny. It happened to me one time on New Year's. I was like hanging out with, with friend people. And they just had a cat that came and sat next, down, next to me. And then I died. Cool. Well, That's you look very healthy for someone. Who, Happy New who Year. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was all, it was all good. So, like you said, that the poems all kind of fit together in your anthology. Like, is that what you said, or do you just oh. find some of similar tone, or like? Well, like, okay, for the for this book, I really wasn't trying to. I wasn't supposed to be. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to um, make this book like a huge thing. Like this one was just more for my personal sake. Yeah. So a lot of the uh, poems I chose for this book were more just kind of more like a journey kind of thing. Like I wanted to have some uplifting poems in there and I wanted to have a few more somber ones. But I just basically kind of wanted to come around in a full circle. Mm-hmm. And so for this one, like, I guess my method of choosing which poem to use was just... Well, it was a little extreme. I took like 200 of the 800 poems I had written. And then I narrowed it down to like 81. And then I told myself, I'm only going to include 30 poems because it's only one poem a day. It's supposed to be like, you just read one poem a day for a month. Okay. And so I narrowed that down to 30. And I eventually just kind of switched out the poems until I had some kind of recurring, like until they just fit together. Okay. They don't really, like not, they don't really share a theme per se. They just kind of share a, Face, like they just connect to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But dude, you've written 800 poems? Yeah. Last <sighs> I counted. Holy carp! <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I started when I was... Like, one of my first poems was when I was 11 or something. Okay. Well, like... I suppose... Well, how old are you now, anyway? That two person. Uh, twenty one. Ah, okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations on life. On life. <laughs> on being alive. Congratulations on being alive and a human being. So, like, it's good. I am not as accomplished as you. I am twenty. So. Oh well, see, it's only one year. It's only one like, year. If you were like, let's say, eighteen, then I could look down on you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because that's how ageism works, right? It's it like is. Well, 18-year-olds, they don't know anything. 
Like, <laughs> like I can look back on my 18-year-old self, and I thought I was so cool. And, like, I'm sorry, 18-year-old me, but I laugh at you now just a little bit. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like, okay, at 13, I thought I was the hottest thing on the block. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like every year that you grow up, you're like simultaneously thinking, okay, now I've made it. And then you're also looking back at yourself and thinking, oh man, I was just an idiot. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like now at this time I'm in my life, I can just be like, I am both not the hottest thing on the block and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I think it's just a much healthier approach at things. It's a, it's a very healthy approach. So that's what you gotta do. Now I want to address something in, in Jake Buller's beautiful review of your book. Like, I want I want you to comment on things that he's written about you. Oh no! Your book. Okay, okay, what? What? what yeah. This sense, like it. He says that it is firmly planted in the postmodernist tradition. How, how do you feel about that? What, would you care to comment on how your book <laughs> is firmly planted in postmodernist tradition? I mean, yeah, I guess it's very postmodern. <laughs> like, what is that even supposed to mean? <laughs> I tried to. Well. I okay. I guess I'll just go through the history of my poem then. But um, like I think about half of the poems I probably wrote during my postmodern exploration phase in my life. Okay. Where I was basically like, I went through a couple college classes where I was like, you know, studying postmodern poets. Like um, I was studying Faulkner and T.S. Eliot and uh, Edward Pound. And so like a lot of their I guess um, a lot of their what's the word? What is that word, Daniel? I don't, I don't know. know what that I don't word. Know. Is. I don't know where you're going with this. I belong for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess a lot of their um, works influence the style. I guess of my poem. Mm -hmm. Like I like doing this thing in my poetry where I like talking. I either like taking very traditional poetry concept and applying them to a postmodern free verse format. Okay. Or I'll take like a very contemporary postmodern idea and I'll force it into like a traditional format. Like I'll try to write it in a quartet or a sonnet or something. Okay, so you're kinda of just kinda of crossing over the different the different ideas yeah. from different styles and ideas of different eras with each other. That's kinda of, that's kinda of neat. Yeah, like a lot of my first poetry was very traditional. I wrote a lot of quartets. I wrote. A, I did a lot of um, studying of Shakespeare, and then eventually, like when I got to college, I started learning about postmodernism. Mm -hmm. It's like as a homeschool Christian kid, I'm always like, "Oh no, postmodernism is the devil! I can't do that." <laughs> but it's just like, I I don't know. I developed an appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ideas I think that in the Christian. Um, I don't know. I just feel like. After a certain period, a lot of people can get close-minded, mm -hmm. and using a lot of the contemporary methods we have now is an easier way to communicate ideas that people aren't initially welcome to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't. It's just not chill to be closed off to to ideas, even if there's stuff that you don't agree with. Right. Them. I mean, there's still there's still probably something there that's that's useful and good, and you know, and. Or just something there that can be appreciated. So yeah, I, it's 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 a cool thing to study. I like I like it when I'm, you know, in with other ideas and mm -hmm. and things that I don't necessarily agree. I just find them fascinating. I just find ideas fascinating, Nig. That's where I'm yeah. at. 
<laughs> I just, the idea of ideas is fascinating. I just like ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's awfully hard to get some things done, but the ideas are always there. I <laughs> know. I have the best ideas and a tiny bit of things that I have done. Yeah. No, but yeah, like what you said, like a lot of the... I think a lot of the beauty that we mention art is we're always looking for like answers to questions. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like the best part is just asking the question and seeing where that journey takes you. Yeah. And that's definitely an idea that's been <laughs> that in of itself yeah, an idea. idea. <laughs> that's that's been that's been really prominent in a lot of in a lot of stuff recently, I feel like. And it's it's pretty cool. I, I can dig it. So like when do we get to see the witch's cat in in print? Now that you've now that you've gone through the experience of <laughs> of producing a book, like, are you going? Are you? Is this something you'd do again, just willy nilly, just kind of throw it out there? Or well, I'm definitely planning on continuing to self-publish my poetry. Okay. But I think, like, novel-wise, I'm looking to do that through a traditional uh, method. Yeah. Yeah. Like this book, really, to me was. <laughs> Part of the reason I didn't do a lot of marketing for this was just because I didn't want to do a lot of marketing for this. Like, yeah. this was more of a practice run for me. I just wanted to go through the whole process and see what it was like. Mm-hmm. So that when I got, got through my next, whatever the next work I do, I would actually know what I'm doing. And then for that one, I'll actually, like, go through the whole marketing thing and I'll actually yeah. push it social circles and stuff. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Now, did you, like, did you use CreateSpace or what did you use to make this um this one i use create space and then i got my own isbn so that i could go through other um yeah outlets if i needed to very cool was that was that process pretty easy i've been wanting to try I mean, it but like i don't have anything to publish i just want to know in theory it's very easy <laughs> but like in practice i psyched myself out a lot so it took me several months just to get the ball rolling <laughs> Hey, because yeah. you, you're going to come at it with this perfectionism, and yeah, no, it's easy well, to like, yourself Well, that's like my out. biggest thing. It was like, I wasn't even trying, well, like, I was trying to make it the best I could, but yeah. like, I wasn't even trying to make it like a masterful work of art. I just really wanted to, like, put something out there that I could claim as my own, but I don't know why. I think it was because I was so set on, like, starting my own company in order to publish a book. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what took me longer than it should have okay have you started have you started this company yeah it's, um lion country press it's a it's like a small it's a self-publishing company but i'm hoping to expand it down the road that'll be fun self-publishing companies it's it's an interesting idea See, it I'm, is an interesting idea i haven't seen it work very well yet I'm in, I'm but, interested in the self marketing aspect because I feel like that's what authors really need help with. Mm -hmm. Is like, yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of the big thing with uh, one of the reasons to, to publish traditionally is just the marketing there is so much better. But we have we have a way we have a way to print books now and to publish them. But right, we need we need and even if you can't print your own book, it's like it's really easy to find people to print it for you. Yeah. It it's it's pretty easy at this point. It's a good time to be a writer, if you want to just get your stuff out, or if you just want to have something sitting on your shelf. 
you know? Yeah. And I do think, like, the marketing is probably one of the harder aspects of it. Like, that's why when I went to school, I didn't go for English or anything. I went for business. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, hey, thumbs up. Yeah. Knuckle bump through Skype. Kaboom. <laughs> yeah. I missed. I went for the knuckle bump and I completely missed. You, you I missed. went, like, down here. It should have been, like, up here. <laughs> He failed, Mig. <laughs> How do you fail a knuckle bump? I don't know. <laughs> just, Apparently, I just did. Just aim. So, are you still are you still in school or? Yeah, I'll be graduating in um, December. Hey, congratulations! Thank you. It's been a fun, interesting, sometimes not fun ride. Yeah, no, that's college. Sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> And sometimes you're like, you're not even sure you're on a ride anymore. You're just kind of posting along, being dragged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I like college. It's pretty fun. I can dig it. It's been cool. I, I like it because of, mostly because of all the interesting people I've met. Yes! Like, it's flashish to where you don't learn anything. <laughs> At least you meet interesting people. <laughs> it's like, people sitting around me are, are, are pretty funny people. and Like, I have a, I have a cult. And we, we hang out and do fun things, and it's 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 not a real cult. It's we're the dinner okay. cult. It's okay. You don't sacrifice anything. Well, I mean, not generally. Like we just, we just <laughs> we just meet up every night for dinner, and you don't want to skip, like because I skipped once one night at the uh, the we we did our dinner together, and the next day my appendix went bad, and I had so to it is it. a cult. So I guess at this point. <laughs> At this point, I mean, kind of, just kind of. I mean, what type of cult just sits around at the table every night and eats calzones? I don't know. I don't know what type of cult that is. I mean, like, cults come in all shapes and forms. I'm not going to judge what kind of cult you're in. <laughs> it's not my place to judge if you're in a, like, what kind of cult you're in. I'm just saying you're in a cult. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, no, college is great. The people are, people are interesting. Like, I'm back here for the summer, and I'm not at college. And there's no one. I have to go look for people. Wow. Where's college? That works for you. It's not good. I need people. I need people, Mick. See, what, what you need to do is get, like, a smartphone and download Pokemon Go, and it'll be all the people. No! <laughs> I don't need a smart... Actually, my phone's dying. I know that the people playing along at home won't be able to see this, but... Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those old brick-and-mortar phones. It's got, it's got a, the keyboard and everything. It's got the pull-down keyboard and everything. It's so cute. I upgraded to this after my flip phone went bad, but this is starting to go bad. So maybe okay, went from the flip phone to the... To the pull-down screen. It's much yeah. easier to text, i tell you what. But, I mean, you're still technically advancing with the time. It's yeah. just a little slower than everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'll get there eventually. Is, that, is the one you have right now a Blackberry? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. It's like it a, looked a lot like a Blackberry. No, it's a Motorola. <laughs> it's not even a Blackberry. Okay. I thought about upgrading to it. See, it's doing this. It's got these black lines and bars all over the screen now. Oh, my. So, like, yeah. I could upgrade to a Blackberry. That's a good idea. That, thank you. I'll get... You should invest in a Palm Pilot. A <laughs> Palm Pilot? <laughs> I'd pull out the little the little stick, the little stylus stick, and, and like, that would be so beautiful. I gotta do what, this. Those are back now. Like, styluses are back on phones again. What's going on? I don't know. We have a Tarzan movie in theaters. 
It's just Blink One Eighty Two released a new song. <laughs> yeah, we're we are back in time officially. We're literally in the nineties again, except we're not in the nineties. But like everything we're doing. Yeah, no, it's really weird. It is, but hey, at least the Tarzan movie was good. I officially recommend it. But like, not because of story, just because it made me feel things from when I watched Disney's Tarzan. That's my favorite movie when I was little. I love that movie. I love the songs in that movie. Too. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. This movie has wildebeests. Oh, yeah. So got a little bit of Lion King in there. A little bit of Lion King in there. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's good. You'd like it. We, <laughs> we This conversation got random. We were out of time for today. Like, if people want to go find your book, where do they go? Uh, Pretty much just Amazon. That's okay. where you go. And the title? Uh, it's, uh, bleh. what is the title? It's a head full of flowers and a heart a full, full of, of lies. flowers and a heart full of lies. <laughs> a head full of flowers and a heart full of lies. They can find it on Amazon. And if people want to like hang out with you on social media, you have a Facebook, but do you have like a Twitter? I have a Facebook. I have a Tumblr. I have a Twitter. I have all the social medias. Yeah. I am just not very active. <laughs> <laughs> I feel ya. I feel ya. <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to change that. All the business people keep telling me to get back on my social network. And I'm like, okay, I'll do what you tell me to do because you're motivating me and kicking me in it, but with a hard pillow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be good eventually. I just eventually. don't. I just like real people. I don't like social media. They can't make me. I do what I want. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. Which- you're in a business where you kind of need to be part of marketing kind of recommends you do marketing uh, the, the, online so like i guess i'm just not good at it for myself i could probably do it for someone else i'm good at making commercials so like that's fine <laughs> it's always better doing it for someone else than for yourself yeah there's not a moral conundrum <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, though, thanks for coming on the Very Serious Writing Show, Mig. Yeah, it was very not serious, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I did, too. It was great. <laughs> you you enjoy you enjoy your day. Don't get eaten by anyone's pets. I will try. I will try to enjoy walking my sister to work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that will be, be really good. So... Maybe in your utter hate of all things Disney Channel, you missed out on the existence of Phineas and Ferb. Um, I once ridiculed the watching of Phineas and Ferb because it looks like just any other horrible Disney anime cartoon. But if you get past the fact that it is a horrible Disney anime cartoon, it is also the most brilliant thing to touch television in a long time. I just watched the Christmas special because that's what I do. And within it was a a song by the main villain, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, one of the best villains in terms of villain motivation of all time, in which he, he, he talked about how he doesn't hate Christmas, like how he has a problem with all these other holidays, but he really doesn't hate Christmas. And he doesn't know what he's supposed to do about that as a villain. Villains are all supposed to hate Christmas in this world, and he doesn't. So this is a real problem for him. There's a whole song about this in this episode, okay? Do you, do you understand? Do you, do you comprehend? This, this thing is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing. 
and all of you need to watch it. You should also go and buy Mig's book, which is on Amazon. I probably already mentioned that in the episode. Yeah. Go buy Mig's book. It's, yes, that's a good thing to be doing. When you're not watching Phineas Verb, go do that. And if you're bored, you can write a review for the show on iTunes, but only if you're bored. I haven't even written a review for it. So, yeah. Any strudel. You all have a lovely week. I will catch you again next week. Submit requests for people, but don't go to my website. It's so ugly at the moment. I'm trying to renovate it, and it's not working. I'm sorry. But, like, uh, don't go there. Send, send requests for new people in the comments on SoundCloud. Anyway, love you all. Bye. <laughs>